Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There is no petrol of one for flower power and forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. I'm excited this week because it's not often we get the chance to have a farmer on the podcast. Nick Finding joins us later. He's the manufacturer of a soil improver called Bloomin' Amazing. That's blooming without the G. My thanks to Hayloft Nurseries, sponsors of this podcast. Lovely autumn day last Saturday and a good turnout too for the Taste of Autumn show at uh, Hyde Hall with um, some really fine fruits, vegetables and herbs. And on the Saturday, a giant pumpkin competition. Boy, that was fun. It was uh, great to see the kids especially, seeing these huge pumpkins lifted with a forklift and uh, a whole series of ropes and supports onto the, the scales. Uh, the show has been moved from Vincent Square in London uh, and it's much easier now for us to uh, actually drive there and park and stage and overnight accommodation is cheaper. So uh, I hope that show now goes from uh, strength to strength. I mean, the weather wasn't so good on the Sunday, so the turnout wasn't as strong as several people would have liked, but uh, that was a pity. The show just needs more publicity. I have to say, too, that the garden is still pretty productive, I'm afraid to save time, I'm nipping out for ready meals now and again. But if you uh, pop down the garden and pick a handful of fresh runner beans and cook those, I tell you, it it makes the ready meal taste uh, a great deal better. (laughs) Uh, Raspberries and blueberries, oh, and one or two strawberries still coming, so picking those fresh to have each morning with the cereals. The strawberry is a variety called Vibrant. Boy, that's a useful strawberry. Crops very heavily in the ordinary season, you know, late June, July. Uh, And if you put a cloche or something over it so that it crops really well early, you get a very good second crop in the autumn. Strawberry Vibrant, a name worth remembering. Last week I uh, travelled to Perrywood Garden Centre at Sudbury in Suffolk. Uh, They were celebrating their first year anniversary since buying the garden centre from Wyvale. I was interested to hear that they've increased the sales by 50% in that first year, so they must be pretty pleased. I met up at that event with David Webb, uh, who worked on the same site, but for the original company called Cundy, Charles Cundy. That was a little small retail nursery uh, operating in 1960s, and that's when uh, he started, apparently. And as a 16-year-old, 
went each Sunday morning uh, to stoke the coke boiler, all on his own apparently. And of course you need to be careful when opening those older coke hot water boilers because when you open the firebox door uh, there could be a scorching blowback uh, built up from uh, gases you know and when you open the door and let in the fresh air whew, away it goes i don't know what health and safety would make of those sort of things these days but there we are he also told me that there was a well as the main supply of water with a little single cylinder engine uh, pumping the water up from uh, way down. Uh, and then they had a horse, a Suffolk Punch, which pulled a big galvanised tank. And they filled that tank up with uh, water from the well. The old horse had to pull the water to wherever it was wanted, uh, and the rose watered by hand. Boy, things have changed, haven't they, in one working lifetime. I hear that uh, current research with figures from October 2018 and March 2019, show that 80% of 100 councils still don't recycle plastic pots from curbside collection. Even the new talk pots, you know, were introduced specially so they could be recycled. They're still leaving them behind, apparently. One of the explanations is that they need to be clean. Now, if uh, you have got pots that you're going to send to recycling and you're worrying about how you get them clean, if you just leave them in the trays, top up, after a good rain, you'll find the rain cleans them for you. And it's certainly worth doing. The big cost on recycling is getting the used plastic clean. And more of us need to make sure that our pots are washed when they go back. At Meadowcroft Garden Centre in Essex, uh, I'm interested to see that they still have a really big pallet at the door to collect their uh, expanded polystyrene trays. You know, they're the white, very soft, comfortable-to-handle trays. Uh, And I see that uh, people are taking back the packing from television sets and goodness knows what else. Uh, uh, So Meadowcroft are certainly doing their bit as far as uh, recycling is concerned. I was a little disappointed to see that uh, the 12-month quarantine restriction on semi-mature trees for the RHS Chelsea Flower Show will not now be imposed for 2020, and it's been delayed indefinitely. The restriction would have stopped the import of pests and diseases, uh, for example, the oak processionary moth. I mean, that was found on uh, imported oaks, in 2016. Great pity that. I can't see why our designers can't use British stock. You know, we've got several really good container nurseries with some wonderful specimen trees. I don't know. It seems to be a funny old world to me that they have to go off on a jolly across the channel to find trees for Chelsea when we've got perfectly good stuff growing here. Anyhow, back to uh, home gardens. Uh, I've been busy planting autumn mums just so they have a really good show of colour for the next month or so. And as I plant them, I can see there's one or two nice green cuttings deep down, just above the compost level. And if those are snapped off, they make very good cuttings, rooted now and just uh, carried through the winter, either on a cool windowsill or cold frame, 
cold greenhouse. They'll be up and they'll flower again next spring and go on, if you cut them back, to flower even better next autumn. So just keep an eye out for cuttings on those uh, garden mums that you may have in containers or planted out in the gardens. I like to recommend too the ornamental kales and cabbages. As the days shorten and the nights get colder, so the colour intensifies, mostly in cream and purples. But uh, those ornamental cabbages are very good to pop in containers at this time of year. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now, I was born on a farm, but on my mother's side, so all of the land went to uh, my cousins. And we always used to joke that we gardening horticulturists eked a living on the headlands while uh, these farmers ranched big areas of ground. And I have to tell you that uh, I was rather surprised at Glee, our big trade show uh, each autumn last month, to see on one stand some really beautiful, soft, brown, organic material, the kind of stuff that gardeners have to run their hands through. And when I started to speak to the staff on the stand, was surprised to find that it was a farmer, a farmer getting mixed in with gardening and horticultural business. And I have online Nick Finding, who is helping gardeners in a quite remarkable way. Now, Nick, uh, uh, how did you start out on energy generating? It started, I guess, um, with me as a Duchy of Cornwall tenant farmer, second generation. And um, we we discovered that uh, the Duchy of Cornwall were wanting uh, renewable energy at the urban extension uh, near Dorchester called Pambury. And so we uh, put a proposal to them to put in a anaerobic digestion plant to use crops to um, uh, provide, uh, well, in the first place, electricity. Uh, But then it turned out uh, that what we could do was clean the gas and inject that into the grid, uh, the national gas grid. And so uh, we took the decision then uh, to be the first in the UK to do that uh, back in 2012. There's now well over 100 plants doing the same thing. And so we, as as a result of the process, the digestion process, about 85% of what goes in comes out. And uh, we call that digestate. And we've been applying that to the land as fertilizer and and soil conditioner uh, since. 
And so it was back in July 2017, I think, that um, I was given the get-go to look at bagging the product uh, and use it as a soil enricher for sale in garden centres. And as a result, uh, that's, that's where we are where we are. And, that, and that's the material that I was handling Correct. in Birmingham l- last month. But, yeah. but, but let's take you right back to the beginning again. Yes. So you, are you generating electricity and gas? I mean, what kind of gas do you generate? Well, the gas, um, so the digestion process creates a, a product called biogas. Biogas is half pretty much half methane and half uh, carbon dioxide. And yes, we do generate some electricity that powers all the plant, but just that really. Uh, And the main part of that uh, biogas usage is uh, once we've cleaned the CO2 out, um, we are left with methane. Uh, We add a bit of propane to raise the energy uh, to match uh, natural gas. And this is what goes into the network um, and we, we supply, well by the end of this year we should be supplying 6,500 houses in winter and nearly, well over 90,000 houses in the summer. That's amazing. And, and what do you actually compost? What, what, what do you start out with to digest? Okay, so we, we've gone through several stages of um, trialling and we, we, we've attempted to use food waste and um, potato waste and uh, livestock waste, uh, but we find the best energy production comes from just crops. So we grow maize and rye as uh, break crops in an an arable rotation. Uh, And um, uh, so it's all green material, basically, that goes into the digestion process. And this has allowed us to not only bag uh, the product as a soil, soil enricher, uh, more easily than it would have done had we used waste. Uh, we're also now getting into CO2 capture. So we're investing in um, uh, capturing the, the CO2 that we vent at the moment, but there's no more CO2 than would have been produced. Uh, and um, we're going to be using that for sale in the food and drinks um, trade and also for people who grow soft fruit. You know, I'm used to carbon dioxide being pumped into glass houses to uh, improve oh, are, yes. crop yields. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. But it seems amazing that, that, that you can produce CO2 to make fizzy pop. <laughs> yes, well, I mean, I mean the, the problem with um, uh, the advantage we have is that um, we can sell it into the food and drink industry because there is no livestock waste. If it was livestock waste or food waste, uh, the industry doesn't currently accept that uh, because of the marketing Difficulties they might um, incur, um, you know, selling CO2 from muck, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, it, it's a great, great opportunity. You're presumably working all the year round generating fuel. So yeah. how do you store the maize and rye? I mean, is it, is it treated like silage? I mean, how... Exactly that. Yeah, no, we've, we've got four large clamps and, and they're currently uh, filling, well, trying to fill those in between the weather uh, we're currently having, but um, we harvest the maize at uh, September, October, and we harvest the rye June, July. Yes, yeah, so the harvesting is is usefully yes. spread out exactly uh, over over two times. Yeah, mm. and the maize. I mean, is that shredded? Because it's of... all it, it's whole crop. They call it. It's um, uh, and the rye is too. It's um, all chopped up into very fine 
the finer the better for the digestion. And uh, that's, I think that's why you see in Blooming Amazing, that's why you see uh, the nice, fine, soft, um, very light product that you were uh, talking about at the, at the opening of your program. Yeah. Um, it is, and, and, and there's no real smell to it. All you really smell is like an earthy sort of smell. There's no methane smell in there because that's already been taken out. Yeah, I mean, I've always been a bit uneasy about um, municipal green waste because you never know quite what's going into it. Uh, And quite often the sample has some really heavy bits of wood in it. Uh, And if you use that horticulturally, it ties up nitrogen to break down. I mean, your material has none of those problems. None of those problems. And, And we also, as a result, can sell... We sell about 6,000 tonnes of it a year to organic farmers. So we, well, I guess we're, we're organic and veganic at the same time. So when we set out to be a three-in-one um, soil-enriching product, uh, we're now multiplying that up, and uh, it also provides great moisture retention. The feedback we've had uh, from our customers is that um, they're now using it as something I didn't expect it to be used for, which is digging it in with their vegetables and their salads. Uh, and provide, you know, the last two dry summers we've had, they've found it a really good product for moisture retention. And now they're saying that um, it also deters slugs, which if it does, then that's fantastic. I'm not sure how that would work, Nick. Well, it's, but, but I... it's the roughness, I think. It's the, um, oh, right. Uh, it's, I think that, you know, other products claim the same thing. And um, I, I can only tell you what my customers tell me. But uh, it's certainly like things like hostas and big leafy plants like that, I'm getting people telling me that, uh, yeah, it, it, they just can't go near it. And there they're using it as a mulch, presumably. Correct. Um, st- stopping the, the mollusks sort of moving over the surface. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. Because... Uh, I would be very enthusiastic about using this uh, as a soil enricher, as you say, and digging it in. Uh, uh, yes. In Essex, our rainfall in a good year can be uh, 19 inches and can be as low as 14 or 15. And if I use really beautiful organic material like you're offering on the surface, in the summer, hot sun, it can burn up very quickly uh, and dug into the soil, I get the benefit much longer. Well, I think they, people are combining it because it does act as a weed suppressant. That's where we started the, the journey, I suppose, um, to provide... Well, we were using it uh, on friends' wedding uh, reception days when they had marquees and they wanted um, uh, the flower beds looking fantastic. And, you know, the flowers take off and, the, and there's no sign of weeds and it actually looks nice. So um, that's where it started. So you can do both. You know, you, you can mix it in and put it on top. And that helps it through the winter too. So if you mulch it, uh, your flower beds uh, over the winter, it um, it comes through, you know, uh, protected from the temperatures, uh, and will start the spring uh, keeping the weeds down. How widespread is your distribution then? I mean, presumably you're down in the southwest now. Is it Dorset? Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I guess we started thinking that we ought to stick to a hundred mile radius to, to be more because sustainability is our is our key driving factor. And then it transpired that actually, using these pallet lines, they tend to go up to a hub in Birmingham and uh, and, this, and then on from there. So it was actually more expensive to, say, send it to Exeter than it would be to Manchester, um, <laughs> um, which is kind of ironic. Yeah. So when we... Uh, and we only started distributing in March 19... Sorry, 18. Uh, and 
I, we went into Glee this year with 97 garden centres all the way up to Manchester. We took on seven really good new uh, sales agents just before Glee, and they've been doing a hell of a job. And um, I think we came out of Glee with up over 150, but I can't confirm that yet until uh, we have all the orders in and um, so forth. But, yeah, it's, it's been fantastic. Can you give us some idea to people listening who haven't had the experience that I've had? How does it come? What size bags? Give us some indication of cost. Yes. Um, um, so it's um, a 70 litre bag, but that, uh, it's quite a light 70 litre bag if you were to compare it with other compost type materials. Uh, and uh, the price is um, recommended retail price is £6.99. Uh, but most centres, I understand, um, will do three for two and uh, two for £12, things like that, and or uh, deliver free, I'm told, which is fantastic. It is indeed. I mean, I came across you, first of all, verbally, by garden centres in the southwest who were saying what wonderful sales they'd had with the arrival without any sort of publicity or blowing of trumpets. <laughs> mm. Oh, that's great. Well, I mean, the... I think Glee was, was really good for us because the theme there seemed to be peat-free and metaldehyde um, uh, usage and um, uh, sustainability and, you know, ticking all the boxes that we um, uh, we, we brought to it. So um, we were very lucky. And, and if anyone is listening uh, and wants to find a, a local source... Uh, uh, do you have a website, or, or how could we find you? Indeed, we do, sir, yes. Uh, it's called bloominamazing.com, and there's no G on Bloomin'. Can I emphasise that? Because I, yes. when I yes. type it, I always put the G in, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's bloomin' uh, with no G, amazing.com. And if you go to the stockist page, I have to say, uh, in my uh, um, the time I've had lately, I've not been able to update it uh, since Glee, but there are at least 100... Uh, stock is on that at the moment and actually an interesting thing we have been doing uh, is uh, we get um, feedback through the website and uh, saying oh well, we can't find a, a garden center near us so I say okay well you you give me your preferred uh, garden center and I'll contact them and see if I can't get them to take a pallet uh, and then give you a free bag as a result of the introduction and that's actually working really well um, uh, people are uh, are getting it that way, and, and the garden centres are taking it. You don't supply direct at all. People have to go somewhere and collect it. Yeah, we can't. It's too. It's too because it's an energy plant. There's security and yeah. um, all those sort of things, and gas, and it's just not um, possible. Really, it doesn't make sense. No. But do you see having partners in other parts of the country in due course? What producing amazing as a product? Yeah. Yes, that's always been our um, uh, business model, I suppose. Uh, but at the moment, we produce. We just invested um, uh, into the uh, plant that uh, dry, uh, well, squeezes the moisture out of the product. So we get, we ended up with a, a drier product, um, and so we will have double the amount of um, potential production uh, by the end of this year. So it will be a while before we need. Um, uh, more people, but having said that, logistically, it would make sense if we could find somebody uh, in the north in in the future. Yes, that's right. Just to get the uh, delivery costs down mm, a fraction. Exactly. Yeah. 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 What kind of capital investment? I mean, this sounds like a very expensive. 
I'd have to shoot you if I told you that one, I suppose. But <laughs> oh, would you? Oh, OK, yes. <laughs> no, no, my it, my um, apologies for asking <laughs> an impertinent question. No, not at all, sir. Uh, no, it, yeah. uh, it was... Um, I, I mean, our um, bagging machine, for instance, uh, is able to do... Uh, our bagging line is able to do 12 bags a minute. So we can fill up a 28-pallet lorry load uh, or produce enough bags for it uh, in a couple of hours. It's underused at the moment, but we had to have that size of bagging line to be able to uh, make the 70-litre bags. Yes, I, I asked the question really just so that people uh, uh, understand the commitment. Quite, you know, yes. It, it really, uh, I'm grateful. Yeah, it, it really was. Uh, it took some nerve, I would think, initially. To... Well, well, we were the first in the UK, I guess, to... Um, to go to the gas injection, and we're the first in the UK to, to bag the product. You know, others use a liquid-type product, but it, the actual investment in to what we've done is certainly uh, on a higher scale, yeah. Well, I congratulate you and, and uh, look forward to handling some in my own back garden shortly, picked up from my local garden centre. Nick, thank you very much for the time and for all that you're doing. What's on? Well, it's the Elsom's Seeds 175th Anniversary Autumn Trial up at Spalding in this coming week. Not open to the public, uh, but I'll report in due course. Uh, I hope to make the journey up there. They grow some fantastic vegetables. Always worth a visit just to see the quality of them alone. And my thought for the week? Well, it's an old adage. I saw it first of all in the Mr Middleton book which came out just before the Second World War to help people grow homegrown food. And Mr Middleton says this rule in gardening ne'er forget sow dry and set wet. Well we can certainly set wet as things are. <laughs> it's going to be a bit tricky trying to get the soil dry enough to sow but then we'll do that indoors. My thanks to Hayloft Nurseries, sponsors of this podcast. And thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.